remind you of some regularity, and I, I remind you because I need to remind myself. Don't forget that Christianity is supernatural. Did you hear that? Supernatural. It's not natural, it's supernatural. And if we're not careful, and I'm kind of wired up this way, so I get it. If we're not careful, we just take Christianity, we want to package it just so it's, it's um, you know, a mental thing, a cerebral thing, and it's so much more than that. Now, by the way, Christianity is very intelligent. I'm not saying it's not intelligent. I'm just saying that we want to just package it nicely, and God's bigger than anything we can package it in, you know, and we've always wanted to do that. You know, David wanted to build a temple for the Lord, and the Lord said, what temple are you going to build that's going to hold me? You know, but, but you know, hey, we'll go ahead. And, and Joe's, I see you over there. I've looked for you over here. For those who have looked for Pam and PJ, they threw me off and moved to the other side. You guys can't do that to me, okay? I mean, we got assigned seating here, and we, that, that throws me off. Uh, and so, so we're always trying to figure out how to confine God, and um, we can't do it. And so he, he's supernatural. It doesn't mean it's unintelligent. You've got to check your brains at the door if you want to be a Christian. It's very intelligent. Uh, but we also have a God that's so super intelligent, it's unbelievable. So we're, we've been on the topic of prayer, and we've got to think outside, not outside Scripture, but outside of maybe our own patterns. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Have you ever, have you ever wanted to hear the Lord? Have you ever wanted the Lord to speak to you? Uh, have you ever wanted the... Uh, you know, to be able to hear more clearly. Have you, ever, have you ever thought, I wish I could figure out if this was the Lord or not? I don't know if you've ever, if, if you've ever felt that way. I have. If you ever felt that way, then dust off your head, dust off your heart, get out your notepad. We're going to deal with some of that stuff today, and we're going to learn. We're going to grow. And so today we're going to talk about uh, prayer. Can God speak to us? Prayer. Can God speak to us? And see that sweet little Christian there? We're actually called sheep, so, you know, prayer, can God speak to us? Now, there may be some people who believe God wouldn't, uh, but I'm always confused when somebody says God can't. Because I hear that, God, God can't do that now. Have you told him that? I mean, since when did God lose any ability to do anything that he's ever done? And so can God speak to us? Uh, last week, I mentioned that Darlene had an issue she was dealing with, and she went to bed at night and prayed and uh, said, Lord, this, this issue seems cursed. I need some help dealing with this. And the next morning when she woke up and thought about it, she heard three words in her heart, don't accept defeat. And she believed that was the Lord speaking to her, don't accept defeat. It wasn't an audible voice that she heard with her ears, but in her mind, in her heart, she said, don't accept defeat. I told you that there was something I was desiring one day, and I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart, spoke to me, and said, ask me for it. Now, there's an example of me and my wife thinking we've heard the Lord speak to us and, and uh, now are we just two special people that you should never dream that you would have the privilege of God speaking to you? Or on the flip side, are we people who hear voices and need psychological attention? You know, it depends upon how you want to look at it. Uh, Lily Tomlin said this one time, the comedian Lily Tomlin, she said, why is it that when we talk to God, it's called prayer? But when God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. Uh, so, we, you know, God actually can uh, speak to us, but why is it called that? So, uh, we're going to talk about God speaking to us. And, you know, honestly, let's just get this out of the way. It, it is talking to God and hearing from God the same as talking to a friend over lunch at a restaurant? The answer is no. It really isn't. When you're sitting across from another human being face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, 
your vocal cords are engaged, your hearing mechanisms are engaged, that is different. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't hear from God or speak to God or God to us, but it is different than sitting across from somebody at lunch, you know, having a conversation. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't speak. Now, we could spend a, um, a message or two talking on that very topic. Can God speak to us? But I think it's unnecessary because we'll look at enough stuff quickly in Scripture to see that God does speak. We look at the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, it's full of God speaking to people. I'll just name just a small group of people God spoke to. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, Noah, uh, Moses, Abraham. He spoke to Job. He spoke to prophets, just a, a handful that I'm naming. There's many more than this, like Isaiah and Elijah and Elisha and, and uh, uh, Nathan and Isaiah, just a handful of people. God spoke to them. And then we look at the New Testament and we see, because sometimes we really do say this, and it's a legitimate question to ask. Well, that's Old Testament, but what does the Christian scriptures, what does the New Testament say? That is a legitimate question to ask. But we look in the New Testament and we see, see this guy named Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, that God spoke to. Uh, we see Peter that God spoke to. And I'm, I'm talking after the resurrection. We, we know that Jesus spoke to Peter and John as one of their disciples. I'm saying after the resurrection, God spoke to Peter, God spoke to John. Um, God spoke, you know, a lot of people don't know that there's a prophetic ministry after Jesus rose. They say, well, the prophets are all gone. Well, there's a, a prophet named Agabus who prophesied to Paul. If you ever read the prophecies, though, I don't know if you ever received a prophetic word. We, if, we, if you got one from somebody, and God does do that. He used Agabus, was a New Testament prophet. But they're usually always nice, you know, prophecies if you've ever gotten one. Like, God's going to bless you, God's going to do this. You know, Agabus comes to Paul and takes off a sash and ties his hands and feet and says, you know what's ahead for you? Imprisonments and sufferings. You go, thanks a lot. That's just the prophecy I wanted to receive and hear. But you know what Paul said? Paul said, all I know is this. Everywhere I go, every city I go to, the Holy Spirit tells me that there's tribulation and hardship ahead. Yeah, there is time where you go, that's the word I wanted to get? But Paul just, he, he was the right guy for the job, man. I mean, he just kept pressing in, making it happen, and would go after God. So, God's, God speaks. Um, we look at, um, at uh, Agabus, Peter, you know, John, all those people, and we see that God is still actively ministering and speaking to people. Now, you know, we could ask ourselves a question, which again is a legitimate question. Well, you know, that's like the the biblical all-stars, you know, you got the all-star Old Testament team, the all-star New Testament team, but could God speak to me? I mean, just an ordinary, common person 2,000 years removed away from the resurrection of Jesus, could God speak to me? Well, let's see what the Bible says, because about everybody agrees that a clear way to hear God is from the scriptures, from the Bible. What does God say through the scripture? So Jesus tells us some things. In John, the 10th chapter, Jesus uses this over and over and over again, multiple places, but I'm just going to pick out a little bit. But if you read all of John 10, he reiterates this over and over. In John 10, 3 and 4, Jesus is speaking. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He says, the true shepherd goes in through the gate. A thief and a robber climbs over a wall. But the true shepherd goes through the gate. And Jesus will identify himself, if you read all of John 10, two things. He identifies himself. He's the gate, he says. I'm the one through which you enter. And the second thing is he identifies himself as the good shepherd. So let's read on. 
it says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When it is brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them. Now, this isn't my message for today, but the beautiful thing about Jesus, he doesn't drive us, you know, he's not, he's not like a sheepdog that drives us. He's a shepherd who leads us. He goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his what? His voice. He, he speaks. He knows our name. There's a beautiful passage, and the scriptures are so rich and full. Trust me, I do try not to get sidetracked for your benefit, but I think about how he knows our name. Remember when, when Mary's at the tomb, and, and how I picture it is you ever see you know, somebody in the doorway and there's so much light behind them, you can't really see who they are, but you can see there's a person there, but the light obscures their... I, I picture that Jesus is in the doorway, resurrected, and he says, if you've, if you've taken him, tell me. She thinks he's the gardener. And if you remember the story, he says, Mary. Wow. When he calls her name. Whew. She knows who he is. He knows our name. He calls us by name. Wow. In Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. So you catch that? Many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, by Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. So Jesus still speaks to us today. And I will say this, just like in the Old Testament, Jesus speaks to us today in uh, many times and in a variety of ways. And I get that from the Bible. So Jesus is still speaking. God hasn't lost any power. He can still do what he's ever done. And we should be careful, I do want to say this, we should be careful to hold in reverence the fact that God speaks to us. And we should not put words in God's mouth. Now, I believe it's totally different to say, I think the Lord spoke to me, and then find out that really wasn't the Lord. You know, with a sincere heart, we're trying to hear the voice of the Lord, and we, you know, make a mistake. It's far different than, than knowing I didn't hear from the Lord, but I'm going to tell you I heard something from the Lord, so that... I can manipulate you or get you to do what I, I want you to do. That is sad and scary, and we must never do it. That is, in my opinion, the ultimate taking the name of the Lord in vain, to say the Lord said this when he did not say. So we need to be careful. We also need to be careful not to hear the Lord when we're moved in our emotions. I, I watched the weather. I record the news. I don't really care to hear much of the news. I'm not joking about that, especially national news because it's so opinionated. But I like local news a little better because they usually just tell you here's what's going on. But I just want to catch the weather real quick. So I catch the weather real quick. But immediately following that was a review of the 2021 totally redone Cadillac Escalade. So it caught my attention. And I watched this. This is an amazing vehicle. And if we're not careful, you can almost hear the Lord speak to you when you watch the little clip of that. Like, thus saith the Lord, you should have this, Tracy. So you have to be careful. And you realize it's not that bad a price. Uh, the, seriously, it, it starts at 75000 you know, and, you know, gets upward to 100000 plus. Uh, of course, I live in the Stone Age because my parents bought seven acres, a two-story home, and everything for like $9,000. So, you know, I, I think a brand new house ought to, you know, with inflation, maybe be 20000 So I'm a, little, I'm a little out of line there. But um, 
Yeah, it's amazing. I always say, I jokingly have said over the years, everybody hears God on a new car lot. You know, you walk on there and you see the latest model. Don't dare open the door. You open the door. Oh, smell of leather, that new car smell. I mean, if you've got a friend with you, you're, you're prophesying, you're, you're claiming, you, you have heard the Lord. This is what I should have. You may feel different when the payment comes, but you, you think you hear the Lord. So we do have to be careful of that. Our emotions don't just lead us, and we put, put words in the Lord's mouth. But I want you to know how widespread it is that people believe God speaks to them in the Christian realm. I mean this. There's not a single Christian leader that you can think of, past or present, who doesn't believe that God spoke to them. Every single one of them. You, you, you may think, well, I thought that was just like a Pentecostal thing that God speaks to. No, I'm saying any leader. You pick, pick, pick an anti-charismatic Pentecostal person. They will tell you God has spoken to them. Now, they, they may tell you that was just through Scripture or through an urging or a leading or a burden or a prompting, but, but every single one will tell you God spoke to them and more than once, multiple times, and usually in a variety of ways. Now, we're going to look at the ways that we see in the Scripture that God has spoken to people in the New Testament. If you remember Saul, he's on his uh, trip to Damascus. He's on the road to Damascus, and he has an assignment, Saul. This is pre-Christian Saul. He um, is going to do his best to stamp out Christianity. He doesn't believe in Christianity. He thinks Christianity is false. He He's approved of even the death of other Christians. He has, he has papers that give him uh, power and right to imprison people and do all that. He's on the road to Damascus, and he has an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Now, I want you to know, he saw Jesus. Jesus appeared to him, and he spoke to him audibly. He heard an audible. When audible means your, your physical ear heard that voice. So we see that in the New Testament, that here is a a physical, what we call physical presentation of Jesus and uh, physical speech and how he heard that. Then we see uh, angelic visitations. Mary, the mother of Jesus, got an angelic visitation. Remember that? Uh, Jesus' uncle, Zachariah, got an angelic visitation. We see, um, I guess we call him Jesus' stepdad, Joseph, got a visitation from an angel in a dream. They considered it just as valid as in a dream. If you ever read the story, you'll you might have missed the part that says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And said, so don't be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, for that which is conceived in here is from the Holy Spirit. So a dream. There was a, a dream. While he was sleeping, he had a, a word from the Lord. Now Peter gets caught up in, in this daydream or this day vision. He's not asleep. In fact, I'm not sure... I think the King James might even use the word trance. He's in a trance. Now, we don't like the word trance because trance makes us think of, of some cultish, but trance is actually a good translation of the word. He's caught up, and God is speaking to him, showing things about this ministry he's going to have to this Gentile, Gentile household, this non-Jewish household, which unless God spoke to him, Peter would have thought they were outside the covenant. They would have thought the message of Jesus is not for us who are not Jews. And he wouldn't have gone into a Gentile's home. There's all kinds of reasons he wouldn't have done this. So God spoke to him in a day dream or a trance or vision. Then there's, there's inner urgings. There's, and you might have sensed this before. Maybe a, you kind of got a burden to do something or to say something. Um, 
sometimes you just have a God moment. Have you ever had one of these? You just have a God moment where you're just minding your own business. You know, you weren't like really pursuing anything or doing anything you thought was super spiritual. And then, wow, you have this God moment. Always think of Jacob. You know, Jacob's in the Bible. He finds a place to sleep. He gets a rock for a pillow. And then he has this vision of angels ascending and descending. And, and he wakes up and says, wow, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. He was just, I was just minding my own business. And I had this God visitation, this encounter by God. That may happen to you. You may be shopping someday or doing whatever, and then somebody comes across your path. You have the spiritual moment. You go, wow, that's kind of cool. God did something. God used me. God was speaking maybe through me to somebody else. Other ways God speaks to us, we, we hear the word of God. We read the word of God, study the word of God. And uh, I'm very serious about this. The preaching of the word, what's going on right now, is God speaking to you. That's what the Bible says. Now, I want to clarify, I'm not saying I'm God. I'm not saying I'm infallible. I'm not saying if I said, that, hey, it's, it's got to be God speaking. In fact, Paul said the Bereans were more noble than all the rest of the people that he ministered to because he told them what God was saying in the Scripture, and they sought the Scripture daily to see if what Paul said was true. And so that wasn't offensive to him. That was encouraging to him, actually. And, but the Word of God says, if anyone speaks... Let them speak as the oracle or mouthpiece of God. And so right now, while I'm speaking and teaching, you should be thinking, this isn't just Tracy, this is God speaking to me. Now, are we clear that I don't think I'm God? We got all that? Okay. I just want to make sure. But it's the word of God being spoken. And then the Bible says, if anyone speaks, they should speak as the oracle or mouthpiece of God. If anyone ministers, they should minister in the ability which God gives. And so God speaks through preaching. Now, let me tell you what happens if you'll begin to listen to the word as in preaching as if God is speaking to you. Very serious about this. If I said, hey, this week, and I do this regularly, let's do these three things to help us grow in this. You, you may say, okay. You may think, I don't feel like doing that. You may do it. You may forget 10 minutes later. But could we say that the possibility of us doing it might be greater if I said, there's three things I want you to do this week, and Jesus manifested himself beside me and said, just take a seat, Tracy. I'm going to tell him what these three things are. Now, if Jesus stood here and began to tell you the three things to do, would you lean in a little more? Yeah, I would too. I'm not, that's not offensive to me. I would too. And would you say, yeah, I don't know if I feel like doing that or not. You'd be saying, hey, I'm going to do this because God spoke to me. But God actually speaks through the preaching and teaching of the word. And so that could be on the radio, that could be wherever. You should always lean in and say, what is it that God might be speaking to me? Because that's one of the ways God speaks to us. And I'm sure there's many more, but these are all Old Testament, New Testament ways that God speaks to us. Now, God never says, I want to make this clear, God never tells us to do anything or say anything that is contrary to his word or his will, or his character. I want you to know that. You, you, you're praying, for, you need some financial help. You notice that the guy at work dropped a $100 bill on the floor. You're hearing, get that $100, that'll help make your, pay your bills. Uh, don't tell the guy. Let me just assure you, that wasn't God. God didn't say, steal that 100 bucks from that guy. That violates his character. It violates his, his word. It violates his will. So God never asks you or tells you to do something that violates his word, his will, or his character. 
another thing I want us to be careful about when we talk about hearing the voice of the Lord is that we don't get caught up in just the spectacular. God most certainly can and does often speak in spectacular ways, but more oftentimes than not, he doesn't. We'll see that from an Old Testament story, which the Bible says the Old Testament are examples for us. We should glean and, and get wisdom from these stories. In 1 Kings chapter 19, this guy named Elijah just had a showdown, a standoff with all these prophets of Baal and Asherah, and uh, they've called down fire from heaven. Uh, the false prophets, they, the false idol worshipers, they did everything, no fire came. Uh, Elijah prays a little prayer, the fire of God comes down. It's an amazing story if you haven't read it or you haven't read it lately. I mean, it consumes the offering, it consumes the stones, the offering is on, it, it gets rid of the dirt, the water, it eats it all up in the fire and presence of God. All the false prophets and idol-worshiping leaders were put to death, and this was under the rulership of King Ahab and his queen Jezebel. And Ahab tells Jezebel what's happened. Well, these were her, you know, priests and prophets, and she says, I'm going to kill Elijah. She said, what? They died, he's going to die. I think she gives it like a 24-hour period of time. Well, Elijah pills out, goes, hides in the cave, and God's showing up here in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. That's the backdrop to this. And then he, God, said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks to pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was, what? Not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, he hears the still, small voice, he recognized this is God. He takes his mantle, covers his face, and he walks out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and suddenly a voice came to him, a voice, and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, can God be in a wind, a fire, an earthquake? Absolutely. In fact, if you see, read the story of the Ten Commandments where Moses is getting them on Mount Sinai, there's all that. There's, there's wind, there's fire, there's lightning, there's smoke, there's thunder, there's earthquakes, there's everything going on. Uh, so he can most certainly do that, but he oftentimes does so in a still, small voice. Now, I want to tell you my first experience that I remember my first experience, I remember hearing the voice of the Lord. And then I'll define how I, what I mean when I say hearing the voice of the Lord. Uh, I had just finished a Sunday school class uh, that I was a student in. I was probably about 15 years old, give or take a little bit. And uh, I was, we had a lesson on you know, how to distinguish when we have a thought or an idea whether that's God or not. Now, again, for those who think, well, this is... You know, a Pentecostal charismatic message is not. I was raised in church, Rugby United Brethren Church, a little town of rugby between Hope and Hartsville. I think I told you this one time. Somebody said, where were you born at? I said, rugby. They said, I don't know where rugby is. And I said, well, it's between Hope and Hartsville. And they said, that didn't help me any either. So I said, well, I don't know what to tell you, but okay. So this little United Brethren Church, and for the first 24 years I was there. And our Sunday school material, if you're familiar with Sunday school materials, was by David C. Cook. Now, David C. Cook started a Sunday school ministry in 1875, just real conservative, solid stuff, and it was teaching, because it's a Bible subject, how to hear from God and how to distinguish when it's the Lord. Well, the takeaway of the message was this. When you hear something or think something, 
And you wonder, is that God? Here was the test that David C. Cook's material told us to, to use. First of all, ask yourself, was that the devil? Second thing, was that me? The third thing, is that God? Now, this is the importance of listening to the word of God and deciding you're going to apply the word of God. So we've finished church service. Uh, we've had Sunday school. That was our routine. Then we had church service. The pastor has said the, the closing prayer and the uh, dismissal. So I can tell you what time it was. 11.15, because that's when that happened. The closing prayer and dismissal happened at 11.15. And so, and you didn't want to go to 11.20, because that could be a problem. Sometimes the pastor got done at 11.05. I'm not joking about this, but he would continue on to 11.15. That's worse than going to 11.20. So, you know, if I ever do that, you can just, you, you were done 10 minutes ago, okay? So, anyway, I'm sitting there. We've just had the closing prayer. We've just had the dismissal. You're all dismissed. And I'm sitting there. I'm about 15 years old. And I look over to my right, and I see a young lady there. It's a couple years younger than me in school. Her name's Teresa Lane. And so as soon as I look at her, this thought comes across my mind. This thought comes across my mind. Ask her if she knows me as her Savior. I thought, okay. Well, again, we ought to apply the Word of God. So we just had a Sunday school class on this. So I thought, okay kind of sounded like the Lord, even the verbiage, you know, not, I wonder if she's a Christian, but ask her if she knows me as her Savior. I thought, it sounds like something God's asking. And so I thought, okay, well, let's just run the test on it. Was that the devil? Now, it didn't take me long to figure out that probably wasn't the devil. It probably wasn't the devil saying, go over and ask somebody if they know Jesus as their Savior. So that was pretty easy to rule out. The second one, I thought, is that me? I thought, this is sad, but I thought, probably not me because I don't want to do it. Uh, I don't know if you ever had the Lord speak to you. I thought, you know, it's awkward. It's weird. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you try to talk yourself out of it. By the way, I've talked myself out of stuff before uh, when I felt like the Lord was speaking. I thought, man, she's surely a Christian. I mean, she's been coming here a couple of years. She's a sweet girl. I go to school with her. You know, I'm sure she's a Christian. And then I thought, okay. I mean, the worst thing she can do is probably say, no, I'm not and don't want to be and don't bug me. You know, I thought that's probably the worst thing could happen. You know, maybe a good thing is, um, you know, I am. You know, I gave my heart to the Lord, or I'm not, and I would consider it. But So I thought, okay, well, I'll try. So anytime I feel like the Lord speaks to me, I try to couch it in terms that are as least weird as possible. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not the one that goes over and says, I feel like the Lord God Almighty has spoken to me. Thus saith the Lord. By the way, when God speaks, he always has a deep voice. Do you notice that? It's always deep. And so I didn't go over and say, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I've heard from God on high. He said ah, that you, no, I didn't do any of that. I just walked over and I said, okay, I said, hey, Teresa. And I did know her. I said, hey, Teresa, I said, um, I just was, service closed. I just had this thought and I just wanted to ask you, have you, have you ever given your life to Jesus? Now, what happened next, I did not expect. She burst into sobs, sobbing. And I'm like, wow, I don't, don't know how that happened, but she burst into sobbing. And when she got done sobbing, she said no, and we prayed together, and she gave her life to Jesus. Hallelujah. And sadly, or joyfully, depending upon how you want to look at it, a few years later, she passed away. 
she's been enjoying Jesus for many years now in the presence of the Lord. And when she gave her heart to the Lord, it was a true deal. It wasn't like just like a little emotional experience, you know. Where, and you've all seen it. And you, maybe you've all done it. You know, we get emotional. We say something. We keep living like the devil. No, we, there should be life change when we come to Jesus. And it may be gradual, but there should be change going on. Everything, I promise you, won't be perfect. or You won't have everything ironed out perfectly, but there should be change going on. And she gave her heart to Jesus, lived for God, and then went on to be in his presence. Almost all my experiences of God speaking to me are like that. Uh, it's like I have a thought that just seems like it's a little different than my normal thought. So just so you go, I don't know, I, I, I've never heard an audible voice. I, I oftentimes am not assured that it's him, but I still use that test to this day. Is this the devil? Is this me? Or is this the Lord? I'm pretty confident that the Cadillac Escalade was me, you know, not the Lord. You know, there's um, a rise and buy. No, I didn't. I, that wasn't the Lord. And so I still ask myself those questions. And when I, and by the way, just going to, full disclosure, I have chickened out. I have, I, my worst chicken out was we had, and baby Sean is back here this morning. Uh, Sean was born, was a newborn. A neighbor came over, and I mean, I'm telling you, this neighbor lady came over and walked into the house and, you know, said hi and congratulations on the baby. And, and uh, man, I felt just a thought. Talk to her about Jesus. I, went, oh. I mean, this is the first time I ever met the lady. You know, I'm just, hey, by the way, so how's your relationship with Jesus? Uh, and so I didn't do it. And there was a second time that there's a situation that Darlene and I and her were together, and I felt that same night, and I didn't do it. And it's an apartment area, and uh, her mother actually lived in the same apartment area. She had her own apartment. And a few um, months after that, there's a bunch of cars at the, their place. We thought maybe somebody had a graduation or did whatever, and we hadn't seen the lady that I felt I should talk to about Jesus. And so we saw her mom and said, where, you know, where's so-and-so at? And so you didn't hear, she got killed in a car wreck um, driving home. I remember thinking, now I will say this, and I, I mean this, I want to be better at obeying God, but I also don't believe, I mean this, that God said, well, you know, she's going to spend eternity without me because of you, because I know it's about God. God loves people. He's going to go after him. When, he, when God spoke through, I think it was a cousin, to Esther, he said this. He said, Esther, he said, you may be here for such a time as this for the saving of God's people. But if you don't, God will bring rescue from somewhere else. So, but I don't want to be the one who says, you could have brought rescue through me and I chose to, to say no. So I'm not saying you're always going to be courageous, but it's why we should always pray for courage. In the New Testament, they're always praying for courage. We think Paul was courageous and never flinched. But why did he say this then? Why did he write the church and say, pray for me. Pray for me that I might boldly proclaim the gospel as I should. Pray for me to have courage. You don't ask for courage and boldness if you have it. He was saying, I need it that I may proclaim the gospel fearlessly as he should. So that's generally how I hear from the Lord. It just seems like it's a thought that isn't necessarily totally my thought. And our goal is, I hope you're all here because you're saying, I, I want to grow spiritually. I don't want to just 
do a religion, you know, and do some religiously for 90 minutes once a week or whenever I feel like coming. I want to grow. I want to I want to develop. I want to be who God's called me to be. And so we just keep growing. And little by little, it's amazing how God reshapes and molds us. But we need to get our lives, this is a challenge for me and you all, is we need to get our lives to center around Jesus. It needs to uh, orbit around Jesus. He needs to be the central theme of our lives. And it doesn't mean, because a lot of people hear that and they think, well, if I made Jesus the central theme of my life, I need an extra 20 hours a week. No, you don't. You need to make him the central theme of your life as you do life. Some of you here are very fitness-oriented. Not many, but, but some of you. Uh, <laughs> I can't help myself. No. You're very fitness-oriented and health-oriented, and you don't need an extra 10 hours a day to do that. It's just part of how you do life. You take the stairs instead of the elevator. You park at the back of a lot and get a few extra steps in. You make better choices when you eat. It's not, it didn't become a job for you. It became something that just was kind of how you did life. And I believe our Christianity can be like that. It should, once it becomes a job to you, we're missing something, we're doing something wrong. It should be more organic in how we do life. Jesus is our life. And our lives need to hub around him. Now, when you think about hearing the Lord, right, if I walked out that door right there and walked around, back on the back side of this building is a plastic green thing about this tall. And it was put there by Comcast Cable. And if I got the right purchased the right package and got the, the cable and did all the, got all the right devices together, it can find stuff for me. Do you realize in this room there are probably hundreds, maybe thousands, of movies and TV shows? Right in this room, right now. Dozens of radio stations, I guess maybe thousands if we talk about XM radio, satellite radio, right in this room right now. And none of us, I think, say to ourselves, that ain't true. There's nothing. Because we know if we had the right device, we could tune in and watch or listen to something that's already in this room. Nobody says, that's just a bunch of superstition. I don't believe that. that what, are you a crazy person, you think? No, we know that that's factually true. If I had the right equipment, we could set it up, we could broadcast it up here on the screen, you know, all kinds of things. And in this room, honestly, is probably some of the nastiest, trashiest stuff you could ever imagine, and some of the most godly, wholesome, Christ-honoring stuff floating around in this room here, in, in the waves. I don't know exactly how it all works, but I know it's true. But in order to get it, you've got to tune into it. And then you've got to pinpoint it. You ever notice that on the, the radio dial? You've got to pinpoint that specific spot. And I believe God's always speaking. Jesus said he's always working. He's always moving. I believe God's always speaking, always moving. By the way, I don't think he wants to speak to you nonstop all the time, micromanage your life. I'm not any relationship you have, if it's a good one, they're not micromanaging your life. They're not talking to you every 60 seconds. Do this. Turn right here. Turn left there. Don't go there. Don't do this. You know, they're not micromanaging your life. It's a relationship. And you have conversation. And we need to learn to tune in. Have you ever considered the possibility that God might want to speak to you? Maybe through the preaching of the word. 
maybe through an angelic visitation. I've never had one. But to say God couldn't do that seems very foolish when he's done it many times before. Have you considered the possibility he wants to be in a relationship with you, that he wants something more than just dead religious activity? He wants a relationship. In fact, Jesus was always beaten on religious activity. You know that? He would say, oh, my goodness, these religious people over here, they will cross land and sea to make a single convert. And when they're done, they'll make that convert twice the son of hell that they are. They will tie burdens upon your back that they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to bear. You know, that, that's, that's what religion ends up doing to you. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have codes of conduct, ways we've got to live, things we've got to do that's right. I get that. But it's relationship-oriented. And God's actually inviting us in to the greatest enterprise and endeavor on planet Earth, the kingdom of God. He's saying, let's participate in the kingdom of God. The only thing that's going to be lasting. Everything else is going to rust out, rot away. The kingdom of God is eternal. It just keeps going. So, you don't really have to become, you know, an oddball to hear from God. And quite frankly, honestly, there's many times I never tell somebody, I think I heard from the Lord. You can talk to somebody. Maybe the Lord kind of speaks to your heart. You, can, you don't have to say, I feel like the Lord just spoke to my heart. You don't have to say that. You can just say, you know what, I was just thinking about this. Is this maybe a possibility? And you could share something with them. You can figure out how to communicate to the person you're communicating to in a way that connects with them. Jesus was a master of that, of knowing how to communicate to the particular audience that was there. So how can we improve our hearing? I have some ideas for us. First, believe that God still speaks. You probably will never hear God unless you believe he speaks. And when you believe he speaks, you kind of start to listen and think maybe there's a possibility. I've told you this before. We all went on a little raft trip through, uh, I think we were in Wyoming one time on vacation. It was not whitewater rafting, by the way. This was calm and moving along. And I remember the guide said, what do you want to see? And I said, I want to see two things. I want to see a moose. I want to see his flying squirrel friend, Rocky. No, I didn't say that. I said, I want to see a moose and I want to see an eagle. And you know what? To see a moose or see an eagle, you have to look in totally two different directions. We saw both. The eagle wasn't walking around through the marshy ground, and the moose was not on top of the tree. Would have been cool. He wasn't. There was an eagle. And so when you're looking to hear God speak to you, uh, if you believe he speaks, you might actually listen and tune in a little. The second thing is to give yourself a tune-up spiritually. If you say, I just... Really, Jesus is not a central theme in my life. I mean, yeah, I want to go to heaven when I die, but I'm not really tuning in. I want to encourage you to tune in. It does not have to become a part-time or full-time job. It becomes your life. And you tune in, and you begin to learn and grow to hear the Lord. So give yourself a tune-up. We're going to take communion here. It's a good time to give yourself a tune-up and freshen yourself up in your walk with God. The third thing is to think of prayer as a dialogue, not just a monologue. You know, I wonder if sometimes God wants us just to quit giving him prayer speeches. You know what I mean? And I've done that a million times, just give him a speech. And then when you're done, you said all you want to say and you go. Maybe he wants to speak back. Maybe we should pause long enough just to ask, is there anything you'd like to say to me? See what he might say. Again, I know it's different, as we started out, than two guys sitting across from a table looking each other in the eye and having a, a conversation. 
but we can think, God could speak to me. Maybe I should listen. And the fourth thing is to actually ask him, speak to me, show me, show me things. We're going to close with a verse after communion, our parting verse is Jesus talking about how the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us and even show us things to come. God wants to communicate. And people have always wanted to be communicated to by God. Not as a parlor trick, by the way, but as how to do life with God in the kingdom.